0: Hello, I'm Kate Freeman and this is the Daily Dollar. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting with registered nutritionist and fitness expert, James Kuhn, all about building muscle. Stay tuned for this episode, everyone. It's going to be a good one. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop, everybody. My name is Kate Freeman, and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of The Healthy Eating Hub and The Healthy Eating Clinic. And fun fact is that I have an ex-employee with me on the show today. It's James Kuhn. Welcome, James.
1: Thank you. It's uh, great to be back involved with uh, you, Kate, and the Healthy Eating Hub.
0: I'm stoked to have you on the show today, James. It's going to be a good one. I was thinking about this topic because I've had some requests on building muscle, and I could talk about it because I know too. but I thought there's someone better out there who could talk about it, better than me. And I was like, I need to get you on the show. So thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me today.
1: No, it's, um, it's a pleasure. You obviously, having worked with me for so long, know that I can uh, get pretty passionate when it comes to things body composition and performance. So whenever I get the chance to nerd out a little bit on these kind of things, I'm I'm all in.
0: Love it. Please nerd out. I would love nerding out. So... Look, I've got a couple of questions that I've prepped, but before we get stuck into that, do you want to just tell everybody just a little bit about who you are and what you do now?
1: Um, sure. So, as Kate said, I am a registered nutritionist, um, and just after I, I guess, became a nutritionist, I worked with Kate um, and her lovely colleagues at the Healthy Eating Hub, um, I think for a three-ish years, mm. roundabout, mm. um, and I the majority a lot of my clients were predominantly around uh, body composition or performance-related, um, and then for the last few years, I had the opportunity to live and work in the UK um, and some of Europe. So myself and my then girlfriend, now wife, um, moved over there and kind of pursued that. And I worked as an online nutritionist for basically the majority of that time, and that's what I'm doing now. So I. Have one on one clients that I work with online, and I do some kind of group programs and things like that. Um, basically, just trying to spread the good message um, that I guess I molded and shaped uh, to a large degree, you know, like agreeing with a lot of what the healthy eating heart and Kate herself uh, promotes. Um, and from, I guess, a background standpoint, for much of my youth, I played a lot of sport. Um, and then after that, specifically when we're talking about body composition and I guess building muscle. From uh, the ages of, you know, 17 till this day, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I've worked at at least maintaining or trying to build a sizable amount of body mass. Um, So competing in physique-based sports, which I guess gives me a little bit more in the trenches type knowledge of the struggles that can come about when it is trying to uh, add muscle mass.
0: Love it. So good. So this is your guy to ask questions of. I will have the links to James's socials and website in the show notes if you want to find out more about James and contact him. He is your guy for building muscle more than me. I mean, I can help you build muscle, but James can probably do it better than me. So I just want to start this whole session off with why is it good to have more muscle? And I suppose it's a bit of like, we want more Is it good to have more? Like, why do we want more? Why is it good to have more muscle? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Uh, Cool. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's probably something that people don't pay enough attention to or undervalue in terms of muscle mass. And maybe that's because when they think of adding muscle, they think about, uh, you know, your anabolic steroid bodybuilders and having (laughs) humongous (laughs) growth on you. Uh, But realistically, I think we know, uh, what would you say, like lifespan is increasing. But the quality of your life, I think, isn't necessarily increasing, And I think that's mm. where a lot of people need to start talking about muscle mass is that muscle isn't just aesthetic. It also has a lot of kind of health implications in terms of metabolic health. We you know things like, like glucose control and your ability to handle carbohydrates, um, insulin sensitivity all increase with you know more muscle mass and being active and things like that and doing mm. resistance training. Functionality as you age as well. Um. So just having the ability to be able to move and do things that you want to do yeah. in life, um, picking things up, down safely, moving. Um, and there's some pretty you know, interesting, I guess, research around recovery from injuries and serious illnesses and people that tend to have a little bit more lean body mass tend to recover quicker and have better outcomes there.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um,
1: and then, you know, we also know that, oh, sorry, go?
0: No, I was just saying, that's interesting. That's, I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. Yep.
1: Yeah. And then from, I guess, like when we're talking about like our elderly, um, realistically, we know the people that have like the best, you know, hand grip strength and ability to go from seated to standing and things like that and balance all tend to have better outcomes and quality of life up until, you know, they end up passing away, which I think is what everyone should probably aspire to.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that. It's so great. I certainly am chatting when I'm chatting to ladies, if they're doing a body composition scan with us over at the clinics. Um, I had a lady today, actually just this morning, whose muscle mass was above the normal range. And she asked me, she's like, oh, do I need to get this down to normal? And I was like, no. I was like, it just means you have more muscle compared to the average woman your age. I was like, you keep that muscle. It's excellent muscle. So it's definitely a lot of, um, misinformation around this stuff. Um, one of my favorites actually that I didn't write down in my questions I sent you, but I'm just thinking of right now is that whole, I remember it so clearly when I first started my career in my early twenties, working in a gym and doing nutrition stuff with clients is that clients would say, oh, I'm I'm not losing weight, but because I'm exercising, my fat is turning into muscle. Um, and people used to say that all the time. And it wasn't until I actually thought about that more deeply. I was like, that actually doesn't happen. Like muscle doesn't turn into, I mean, fat doesn't turn into muscle. But it's its just a weird, anyway, just a random thing I thought. Have you heard stuff like that before?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's its a, almost a nice way to think about things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you don't necessarily want to correct them. You're like, yeah, that, that could be happening. That, <laughs> that, might, that might be true kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely heard it a lot before.
0: Yeah. So – Let's get into building muscle. What would you say are the really key main factors required to build muscle?
1: Yeah, cool. So I think number one, um, obviously, this is the nutrition podcast primarily. Mm. Um, but what we need to remember is that when it comes to building muscle, nutrition is more like has a more permissive standpoint rather than stimulatory. Ah, so interesting. Mm. You could do everything right with your but if you do not have an adequate training stimulus there, uh, you're still not going to be, you know, gaining large amounts of muscle anyway. You might gain a small amount, but I'm um, not optimizing it by any means. So, first and foremost, there obviously needs to be an adequate training stimulus there, um, and we might, you know, talk about that you know later. But if that's number one, the second one would be that we need to have, depending on the individual and their training experience, enough energy to you know, I guess be the building blocks of building muscle. So we know, obviously, from you know basic science that we can't create or destroy energy or mass; it just changes kind of forms. And so that's the same thing. If we're going to be adding actual tissue in the body, that needs to come from somewhere. We can't just create that tissue from nothing. So we need to be eating enough energy to supply, you know, allow the body to build muscle. Um, and one way to think about this is that adding muscle isn't usually our body's highest priority when it comes to energy intake so you know we've got obviously our brain and our heart and all these things that are crucial to our survival so when energy is coming in our body's got to be smart and think about okay well we're going to provide energy to run all of these systems to make sure that we're functioning optimally and then you know adding muscle tissue is probably pretty far down that list so we do need to make sure that we're not just, you know, or we're consuming enough energy so that that can be supplied to that amount. Mm. Um, and then also we have things like protein intake, um, which is going to play a big part because if we think about um, the analogy that I like to use is if it's a building site, we have uh, training being the blueprints. So this is kind of telling the body what we want to do, calories being uh, like the, the workers, um, and then protein being the building blocks. So if you don't have the the workers and the actual materials there to build the tissue, then obviously, again, you're not going to optimize muscle building. Um, so I guess from a specific nutrition standpoint, those are the two to three biggest factors um, that would be involved with that.
0: Mm, I love that. So definitely, you know, obviously making sure that there's enough energy there, you, we're wanting people to eat more. Now, I don't know about you, but I've certainly found in my career, getting somebody to eat more, in a culture of eating less um, and, you know, quite strict dieting or fasting and stuff can often be really confusing to them. So, you know, is it just a matter of eating more of whatever or do you need to be quite specific about the calories, you know, of the diet quality or the type of food that you're eating?
1: Yeah, I think this is something that is going to be a little bit on a client-for-client basis. But a lot of the time, if it is someone that is fearful of gaining and like more fat, uh, then you're probably gonna err on a side of caution and go a slightly smaller surplus. Um, and even you know, to a degree, again, like when I was talking about calories in the last one, that largely depends on training status, so how long someone's been training for and training well for to a certain extent. Yeah, because we can probably expect if someone is new to training that there may be the ability to add small amounts of muscle tissue while still in a calorie deficit if they have fat to lose or if someone's been injured and is coming back from an injury. But the more or the longer that you've been training and the more, I guess, harder you need to work to build muscle then the more optimal diet needs to be. Yeah, right. Um, So in that scenario, you probably don't want to go the route of uh, YOLOing it and following the, you know, um, <laughs> the everything diet. For um, the majority, because realistically, it's very rare in my experience, and I'm sure you've probably seen this as well. A lot of the time, it's not athletes who are training two or three times a day and have the large energy expenditures. A lot of the time, it's, you know, someone who is working out maybe once a day or five times a week or four times a week, but may have a relatively sedentary job outside of that. Um, and so, when we consider the overall energy expenditure of that individual, even though they might be crushing it in the gym for an hour each day, like in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't create huge energy needs so mm. uh, yeah it's it's something that needs to be, i guess tapered i I generally advise people to start off with a small surplus and then we can you know see how the body responds and always adjust from there.
0: Yeah, I like that you know I've did an experiment once on myself where. I had to eat everything that was in front of me. It was such a fun experiment, actually. Um, if someone offered me food, I had to eat it. And if it was there, I had to eat it. And then I logged it in a calorie tracker. And I was just curious to know, like in my natural environment, like if I just ate what was around me, what would my caloric intake be? And I averaged 3000 calories a day, which <laughs> frightened me a little bit because my, you know, rough energy needs are closer to the 2000 mark. And I was like, wow, it's easy to be in a surplus. So I've often said to clients with building muscle and a surplus, I'm like, it's pretty easy to be in a surplus. You know, let's just focus on some diet quality here. And often I can get them close to their energy needs, maybe a little surplus without. Yeah. I don't know if that's what, but I've often found like it's easy. It's super easy to be in a surplus.
1: Yeah, it it definitely depends on the individual and mm. there are people and I think this is like it varies so much between individuals but there are certain people where it seems their metabolism does seem to kind of adjust to intakes faster than say uh, other people's.
0: Mm. Um,
1: so you might find that what you you create an initial surplus and then it's kind of just it disappears whether that's due to them. Just generally moving more throughout the day, or other reasons that are impacting their metabolism, um, there can be quite a difference between, say, their their maintenance or their fat loss intake calories and their building muscle calories.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's so true. The point about it's just so different for everybody. It's really taking people where they're at and then tailoring your advice to them from a nutrition perspective for their goals, based on yeah what they're currently doing and what their lifestyle is looking like we're going to stop the chat there with James and continue in part 2 tomorrow so make sure you tune in until next time have a great day team after years of being bombarded with diet culture i so understand that the world of healthy eating is super super hard my healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight feel good about themselves, and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out the Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.